Alrighty, Wiz, here we go. Wrapping up the Draft Needs podcast that we've been doing over the course of the last week, and we're wrapping this up with the NFC West. And and, and actually, before we get into the NFC West, because there were, there were two kind of... Since we last talked, there were two moves that took place that, that we haven't talked about. One actually took place in this division, which made me think about it, and, and I'll get into that secondarily. But uh, I, I want to talk first about that trade with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we knew the Chiefs came into this upcoming season needing to rebuild the line, and they, they make a big trade with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, trading their first-round pick. Um, I wanted to, th- to know what you thought about that, tr- that, that move by the Kansas City Chiefs, who definitely needed to shore up the situation for Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Yeah, I think I, you know, I understand why they did it, uh, and I think their, their philosophy is, you know, guys who opted out last year, free agent signings and draft, they were just going to load up um, on as many offensive linemen as they could get, because I'm sure as they sit in the off season, they're thinking. Injuries to their offensive line cost them the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't disagree with you. And we know at that pick where they're drafting in this round, they're not going to be able to get one of the kind of elite guys. You know, obviously that's going to be a challenge. So, you know, this is a move where they're bringing a guy that's that's already established in the league. And um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an excellent, excellent move by the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Chiefs fans can. I, I agree. I mean, Andy reads a lot of things, but he's not stupid, and he understands. Uh, what they need to do. And I think, uh, I think it, it was just something out of necessity. Look, when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Tyreek Hill and you have Travis Kelsey, you know, it does a lot of things, right? It, it makes those other players on your offense that much better because they're, they're not going to be paid attention to by the opposing defense. And it also from an organizational standpoint, allows you just to go and address other areas uh, of your football team over and over again, even making uh, picks for depth more than for starters. Yep, exactly. And uh, speaking of depth, uh, the, the team that we're going to start the NFC West off with, there was a move that they made uh, during the past week, and that was James Conner officially signing uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. We know they lost Kenyon Drake in the offseason, uh, so it gives them continued depth at the running back spot. You know, Chase Edmonds. I think will still be formidable in terms of fantasy and in production in this offense. But James Conner is a good veteran addition. Hopefully, he's able to kind of establish himself. I think the one problem here is this is a this is a this is still an offensive line that's kind of not very good. Although they did make a good signing um, in signing Rodney Hudson, the center in the in the off season. I, I don't. I don't care for the rest of the offensive line all that much. I think there's still work to be done here. I think uh, there was a lot more inconsistency as the season wore on for Kyla Murray. Um, they lost they lost Dan Arnold, their tight end. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of make a move in this draft for a tight end. Not that tight end is such a big part of what they try to do, but, but Dan Arnold started to stretch the field a little bit for this team and, and actually became a, a little bit more of a critical part of the passing game. Traditionally, not a big part of Kingsbury's offense or the Arizona Cardinals for that matter. But nonetheless, he was starting to be a little bit productive in this offense. But, you know, you mentioned Peterson being gone. So there's going to have to be some additions, I think, in the secondary for this team. So what direction do you see the Arizona Cardinals moving in? You know, a team that's kind of moving up in the division, but definitely needs help on both sides of the football. Agree. Um, Offensive line and cornerback. Do they need a tight end? Yes. Um, Is a tight end ever going to be an important part of the air raid offense? No. Um, 
So they're going to wait, and they'll take a tight end, but they have to address cornerback and protecting Kyler Murray as well. A uh, player like J.C. Horn, wow, that's going to be so close. If he if he lasts the 16, could there be a trade-up, a few picks to make him? But um, I think at 16, the, the, the Cardinals have, will assure themselves of either one of those four offensive tackles that are first-round grade or one of those three or four cornerbacks, which are are, are first-round grade as well. So um, I just think it'll be one of those two positions. Uh, I really like J.C. Horn a lot as a player. He plays with such aggression um, and toughness. I I just think, boy, he he would bring a great attitude, especially with Patrick Peterson no longer there. So – Cornerback, offensive tackle is how I rank priority for Arizona, and uh, J.C. Horn specifically would be a, an amazing pick for them. All right, awesome. Uh, I, and then, yeah, we're 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 in agreement on that. So uh, so here's a team. Before we move on, I just want to ask you quickly about yep. their free agent signings. They brought a, they they brought in several on both sides of the ball of these veterans, and to me, uh, a couple may be on the downside of their career with age and injury. So J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, James Conner, Matt Prater, any excitement about any of those players? Do you think any of those players are going to play better than they have in the last few years? So A.J. Green seems to have been perpetually hurt, uh, you know, for the past couple of seasons, that was not quite the case this past year where they were starting to develop, you know, younger guys. I think the Bengals knew they were going to move on for them. T Higgins became a bigger part of that offense. So AJ Green will be interesting. We still, they still haven't made a decision on what's going to be happening with Larry Fitzgerald. You know, by all accounts, it looks like he could not be, it's possibly done in Arizona and maybe, maybe retiring this time officially, but there is still some noise about him either coming back or actually, I actually saw some noise uh, recently suggesting that he may be a candidate to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that would be very interesting to see. But um, J.J. Watt, another guy, I mean, when's the last time that J.J. Watt played a full football season? Whereas I just think, you know, just way long in the tooth. Uh, not that he's not a, a great player and a tremendous citizen and done a lot for the city and all that kind of stuff in Houston while there, but the guy has not been on the football field for a long time. And I think James Conner has a lot to prove in that this offensive line's the offensive line's not particularly good, and you know last year he really struggled again, and and he's always hurt. So I, I don't particularly have a lot of confidence in the skill set guys that you mentioned, or, or Watt for that matter. I think Prater's interesting in that he has a big leg and he'll be kicking indoors again. Um, and on an on an elite offense like this, I, I think to me, out of the guys you just mentioned, he's probably the guy that has the most intrigue to me. All righty. All right, so let's talk about the Rams, who've done a lot of mortgaging in the future and a couple of their moves in the last few years with Jalen Ramsey and, of course, with the trade this year and bringing Matt Stafford in there, putting all of their moves to try to win now. Uh, We know Aaron Donald is an elite defensive player. Uh, They did lose their defensive coach, the defensive coordinator, who's obviously now the coach of the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. you know, what's interesting is this linebacking, for, for a great defense, and they were a very solid defense in terms of fantasy terms, but their linebackers suck. 
Uh, that is definitely a, a, a place of need. They don't have a number one pick in, in this draft. Uh, we know Cam Akers really came on as a, as a receiver. They lost Josh Reynolds, so they could potentially add some depth um, at the receiver position here. Though they did draft Jefferson uh, the year before, so maybe he becomes a big Van Jefferson I'm talking about out of Florida. Maybe he becomes a bigger part as a third uh uh, target uh, in the receiving game. They lost Everett, uh, so they're left with just uh, uh, Tyler Higby, who, who really, we thought he was going to do some great things last year, and that was not the case, especially the way he finished the previous year. So for a team that's kind of mortgaged their future, they don't have a first-round pick, uh, they probably need a little bit of help at linebacker. I'm not sure what you think of their secondary. I think they could use help here. I think the biggest need on this team, you bring Matt Stafford in, you got a 39-year-old guy like Andrew Whitworth. He is not going to be around much longer. You're making that move for a player like uh, Stafford for the future. So I think you got to continue to build on an offensive line, which has been questionable at best the last few seasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, they 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 realize, you know, they're they're with this trade, they're shoving all the chips in for Matt Stafford. They bring in Deshaun Jackson. Um, hopefully, he could stay on the field. Uh, wide receiver is the least of the problems they have. They have terrific uh, wide receiver room. Um, the problem for the Rams is um, John Johnson um, and 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 Hill are together. But they're together on the Browns and not the Rams. Um, so they they lost two key members of their secondary. As you mentioned, the linebackers are not great for the Rams. Um, so the issue for the Rams is all defense with every pick in this draft. I mean, uh, with the exception of an offensive lineman to help Stafford. So their picks are going to be mostly, I believe, secondary, linebacker, defensive line a little bit to give them some depth, and offensive line. Uh, I think it would be silly if the Rams took any skill position players at all in this draft. All right. Very good, Wiz. All right. So um, that leaves us with Seattle Seahawks uh, as one team uh, that we're going to talk about, and, the, and then the final team we're going to talk about is going to be the Niners. So Seattle this year, you know, it was this was a strange offseason for me, Wiz, for Seattle. Um, I know they extended uh, Tyler Lockett. You know, you and I talked about this before the season last year. We thought this could be a, a, a top 10 duo in terms of receivers. Top five duo actually is what they were. Uh, both guys having having good years, yet inconsistent years. Strange things happened on this team as the season wore on. Russell Wilson, who I owned in a couple of leagues, couldn't be stopped in the first nine weeks. And the thing just came to a crashing halt for the second half of the season. We know there was a lot of noise in the offseason, potentially being a trade candidate, and that was Russell Wilson. We, we've normally not heard this kind of drama here. And, I, you know, I look at... I look at this team, and Chris Carson is back in the fold here. They have Penny. Uh, we, you know, we mentioned the, the offensive skill guys, uh, but you know, I look at I look at this team, and it's just for the first time in a long time, I've got just kind of a queasy feeling about things just not being right in Seattle. Something just doesn't feel good, and I think it's going to lead to a number of these players actually being downgraded coming into the uh, into the into the fantasy draft. But nonetheless, you know, over the years, Seattle's done some crafty things uh, in terms of the draft. Uh, this year, they, they don't have a first-round pick. Uh, they, I don't know if they even have a third-round pick. They are very, very light on picks this year. So I don't know if they're going to be able to pull any miracles off. But just a very strange offseason for Seattle. And I just, 
don't have a lot of confidence about what's going on in Seattle as we sit here today. Uh, I don't know. Again, the dynamics just shifted a lot during the season last year. And I'm a bit worried about what I saw from Seattle. And this is a team, I can't believe I'm saying this because I would never say this, that I could potentially be staying away from from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, and I I wouldn't disagree with any of that. Um, You know, they're a team that... uh, seems to be some sort of turmoil around uh, with the quarterback. And, you know, it's not good that uh, they, they're, not, they're not making a pick until pick 56 of this draft. Uh, and it's a team that needs, needs a bunch of things. Uh, they sure want to protect uh, – well, let's, besides resigning Chris Carson, they brought in Gerald Everett. I know a player that you're somewhat interested in. But, man, they, they – they need help on both sides of the line of scrimmage to protect Russell Wilson, to get after the quarterback. Um, they lost Griffin, so they need a, a quarterback help. They probably could use a slot receiver or another receiver uh, as well. Their offense kind of looked like once the teams kind of got film on them the first half of the year, they were completely stifled the second half of the year. So, boy, oh boy, um, you know, things don't look good for the Seahawks. And part of that trouble is they are in one heck of a tough division where um, those other three teams all can easily make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that last year. We thought this was, we thought this was one of the best divisions in football. And it actually played out that way. Um, but for Seattle, you know, they're just, there's just a lot of question marks about this team. Look, Russell... Wilson is a consummate professional, um, and I and I do love their skill set position players. But yeah, I just worry kind of the way the the game plans evolved in the second half of the season. So definitely something to watch, especially in a in a year where they don't have a lot of draft uh, capital. So so let's see how that shakes out. And you know, I, I was just thinking before we got into the 49ers, You know, I look at a guy like Kyle Shanahan, and and you think about a few years ago when he was the offensive coordinator for Atlanta, and literally the Super Bowl in his grasp, they didn't win that Super Bowl, and it all came crumbling down. I I think about what they did a couple of years ago where they were dominating that football game for the first, I guess, almost three quarters. Uh, it looked like they were going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs ended up turning the game completely on its head. But Kyle Shanahan actually became the victim in that ball game as well. And they lose their defensive coordinator, Robert Saleh. They still have a lot of talent on this football team. They moved back in the third round because they moved up in the first round. They moved to number three. So they've clearly got some intentions here. John Lynch knows what he wants to do with this pick. You've talked about it extensively about you think it's going to be Mac Jones. There is some differentiating uh, opinions out there. Uh, I'm not quite committed yet to Mac Jones. I'm kind of going back and forth a bit. But nonetheless, this is still a talented roster. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo really doesn't look like he's going to be a long-term guy. I, I really love the running backs here. They did sign uh, my boy Wayne Goldman here. So Goldman is added to Mostert and, and, and Wilson at the running back spots. We know we loved what they did with Ayuk last year. George Kittle is here. Debo Samuel is here. So for me, uh, San Francisco 49ers, who do have a very good offensive line as well, they made a key signing in Kyle Juszczyk. So there are pieces in place here. I feel where they're going to make their moves in this draft, aside from the quarterback at the number three spot are probably on the defensive side of the football looks like Richard Sherman's going to move on here so what are you looking for I mean again I don't want to take your uh, take your thunder here because I know you talked a lot about Mac Jones as being the, the the quarterback that they're going to draft here but after that what are the San Francisco 49ers going to be looking at 
yeah, they're gonna. I believe they're gonna take Matt Jones with the third pick, and then after that, um, they're going to uh, draft cornerback is their first priority, and then I think they they wouldn't mind getting a wide receiver. Um, if you look at the free agents, you know they were able to re-sign Trent Williams. They brought in Alex, Alex Mack, Muhammad Sanu, Kyle Juszczyk re-signed. Uh, we know what Debo Samuels and George killed. The 49ers want to be physical. Physicality, that's what they want to get to. That's what they're going to do in this draft. And uh, they are going to draft a cornerback. Um, and I think at some point they get some wide receiver depth. Uh, they'll take a wide receiver and it's a good draft of that. But uh, yeah, I think the 49ers, who I predicted last year, would not make the playoffs. I think the 49ers could be back in a big way this year. Oh, all right. Interesting. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right, Wiz. So that's a, that's a wrap-up for the divisions. Uh, it is draft week, so, you know, any kind of thoughts on you know, Do you think we'll see any more trades before the draft? Uh, has anything materially changed for you in terms of how you're thinking about the draft? You know, we'll, we'll try to do a mock draft this week. Uh, we have, obviously, we'll do, a, we'll do a show that just kind of summarizes our thoughts in general uh, about the upcoming draft. But w- what's kind of your thinking here on, on, on this Sunday morning about anything in particular on the draft that you think could happen? Just curious uh, if you're thinking anything differently than we, when we last spoke. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a, a few different things. Picks four and five to me are fascinating. <clears throat> I think this is uh, a trajectory uh, for an organization picking four and five, where the Falcons at four um, can take a quarterback uh, for the next 10, 12 years if they want to let him sit behind Matt Ryan, or they can take uh, a player like Kyle Pitts and try and win with the surrounding talent that they have now. So I could see them going either way. I wouldn't be mad at them for either one of those picks, but I see Kyle Pitts at four. Cincinnati at five is in almost the exact same situation. They have two picks that they can make that would both be outstanding. Sewell, you don't want Joe Burrow having to run for his life. Uh, you saw how his season ended last year and it's difficult to complete passes from your back. Or Jamar Chase, who he has that rapport with from LSU, is just an outstanding pick. So, what that leads to is those two teams have two options. Uh, I think they're going to go, in my opinion, I think they're going to go uh, Pitts with four and Pinesio with five, which is going to make the Miami Dolphins look like geniuses because they are going to end up with Jamar Chase, the player that they were going to pick at three, in my opinion, and now they're going to get the same player they would have had, and now they have an extra first-round pick in the future and an extra third-round pick in the future. So I think if it goes to that, Miami's going to look like the big winners of this draft. Yeah, and it's interesting. You wonder what's kind of going on. I know Joe Burrow's a young young player who's – uh, basically rehabbing, getting himself back into shape. Uh, by, all, by all accounts, looks like he's going to be ready for, there's been no setbacks, ready for week one in this season. But you got you got to wonder if he's a little bit of a squeaky wheel and, you know, just telling them, look, my, my boy Jamar Chase, take a look at that tape from 2019 and, and if some people are going to be listening to that. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then if the draft goes to how I believe it's going to go, then the other, you know, those picks at four and five are uh, to me are fascinating. And then 
the the other aspect of it, the excitement is who is going to move up, who loves Trey Lance, who loves Justin Fields, who's willing to make a big trade up. Will Denver take one of those quarterbacks to overtake Drew Locke at quarterback? Would Denver trade back? The Giants could be in trade out of play. The Lions could be in trade in play. The, the Panthers could be in play. All of those teams could be in play. So what I'm looking at are the Falcons and Bengals with picks four and five, and then the, the who's going to go after those two quarterbacks, Fields and Trey Lance, to move up and get them. That is the other half of the excitement in this draft. All right, so we're definitely getting excited for that, and uh, I, I like I like your wrap-up and your synopsis, uh, but Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, we're excited to be talking about the draft. We will be coming at you a couple of times this week. Make sure you listen to all these summaries that we've done. We're very excited. Uh, you know, again... I think you know if we look at the if we look at COVID, the draft was a great event last year. Uh, they pulled it off technologically, so we're excited to see some live drafting in Cleveland this year. So, Wiz, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and look forward to catching up more about the draft this week. You do the same. Thanks a lot.